0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 28th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossman. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr-omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic defeat the Denver Nuggets in their final scrimmage before a seeding round begins. Jonathan Isaac makes one heck of a return and a whole lot more coming up on today's episode. But before we dive into any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching Gravity you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Denver Nuggets perspective of things? Check out Locked On Nuggets. Want to look ahead to the Brooklyn Nets on Friday? check out Locked On Net. There's a Locked On podcast for everyone, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, or College 2. You can find them wherever you download podcasts. or search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. There's there's no way, you know, the the place to start with this game is, is the turning point of the game. A moment that, Magic fans, that the Magic themselves have been waiting on now for seven months. Jonathan Isaac stepped onto the floor at Disney as the Magic played the Denver Nuggets in their final scrimmage before the singing round begins. And everything changed. The energy and the room changed. The tenor of the team changed. The pace of the team changed. Well, that was because Marco Fultz also stepped on the floor for the first time. But everything changed. We're going to go do a deep dive on Jonathan Isaac uh, coming up later on in the show and and, and his his return and what all that means. But there is no way to talk about this game in any sense or in any form without starting with Jonathan Isaac. Because the moment Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz stepped onto the floor for their uh, roughly seven to eight minutes of play, the magic just straight up dominated. A 24-2 run. 18 points combined from Jonathan Isaac and Marco Fultz in that run. The Magic had seized control. And it was simply based off of the energy that Isaac provided. He hit shots. He attacked the basket. The def- the Magic's defense picked up its energy. Everyone just seemed to take it up a notch with Isaac on the floor. Overall, the Magic won 114-110. to 110, Not the most important thing because the fourth quarter just didn't really matter. Overall, this was undoubtedly the Magic's best performance in these three scrimmages. The team was fairly active defensively throughout the game. They moved the ball and made shots, key making shots there. And everything just seemed to work. Orlando took that, took control of the game again behind that run from Jonathan Isaac, but they maintained it throughout. The Nuggets got close on a few occasions, but the Magic always had the big shot or the big stop to kind of extend the lead back out. And when the starters left in the third quarter for good, Orlando had a 10-point lead. They built as much as a 21-point lead in the game. So again, still some good and some bad to go over. But Isaac was such a key piece to that puzzle really sparking and energizing the team in a way that that they've kind of struggled to find. Like I said, we're going to talk more about Isaac coming up in just a moment, so I don't want to linger too much on it, but that is the lead story here. That is the part of this game that mattered. And the rest was also pretty good, but the rest certainly doesn't have as much import or or much potential import for the rest of uh, the, the season. The Magic were, you know, did plenty good and plenty bad in this game. You know, I'm, I'm not going to call it a perfect game. I'm not going to say that they're necessarily regular season ready or even say training camp ready. But they played in a way that they did not play successfully uh, for or for more extended periods of time against the Clippers and Lakers earlier in the scrimmages. They moved the ball well, which they did largely against the Lakers, um, with few. You know, few areas where the offense really stalled. Uh, certainly first quarter, it stalled a little bit. Magic started settling for three-pointers. They weren't able to get into the paint as much. Um, but overall, the Magic's ball movement was really, really good. They got open three-pointers. They made them. And they were able to get to the basket with cutting and pace. Pace is such a key word for this team. The Magic looked pretty solid. Defensively, they were as active and as physical as they have been at any point in the scrimmage. Little overeager sometimes. They gave up some, uh, some, some shots. Um, they struggled still with the pick and roll, and their transition defense certainly still needs work. and always needs work. It, it seems like. But overall, the Magic did everything that they had to do. When Denver made a push at the lead with Jamal Murray making shots from the mid range uh, against the Magic's pick and roll coverage, the Magic had shots to spare. The guys that played the best in this game. Or had the, the best stat lines in this game, James Ennis and Gary Clark, those are guys that are getting their shots because others are doing the work. Because Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier are moving the ball because everything is kind of working in sync. Aaron Gordon set out the game with, uh, with muscle soreness, so he was not available. Everything sort of worked in sync. And the ball found its way to the open guy. And the open guy hit it. Gary Clark, James Ennis hit it. It's not that hard of a game sometimes, but uh, for a Magic team that had struggled to shoot and and really was stuck in the mud, this looked as close to that March level that the Magic had. And again, they were clearly re-energized by having Jonathan Isaac back on the floor. Everyone was cheering for this guy to come back, and he delivered in a big way. The Magic held the Nuggets at bay. Again, a Nuggets team that, you know, had guards back had their, had a lot of their guys back who haven't played since the since they arrived in the bubble, um, you know Michael Porter Jr. played for the first time, Jamal Murray played for the first time. They didn't run that all big lineup that they've been running, and and, and Orlando was able to find a way to stop it and, and kind of take advantage of Denver's mistakes. I, I would say Denver still looked like they were a step slow and and figuring things out and trying to get in rhythm. The Magic looked a little bit more ahead. And they played like it because once they took control, they never truly lost the lead. Or they never lost the lead at that point, but they never truly lost momentum. They had an answer for every single run the Nuggets would make. And eventually, in a fourth quarter, that saw the Magic run out essentially an all-bench lineup, like guys that are not going to play very much. B.J. Johnson hit a few big shots. Ken Burch had a nice block to secure the win. And the Magic walked out with a 114-110 to victory. In the final scrimmage,
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Let's run through the final box score for you real fast as the Magic wrap up the scrimmage. Again, I feel like with these scrimmages, you know, maybe less so this game because the Magic tried to play more normal playing rotations and normal groupings. Um, that it's it, it, the, the final results aren't as important I, I don't think we saw a typical shot distribution I, I do suspect that the magic were not playing defense at kind of the level that they ultimately want to play defense at um which again I I, I, I don't know um you know so so I do think you have to take everything that we see, in these games with a little bit of a grain of salt. But still some really impressive performances in the game. Now, we're going to talk more about Jonathan Isaac and dive into his box score a little bit more coming up in just a bit. But 13 points, 5 for 6 shooting, 2 for 2 from beyond the arc, 7 rebounds, 2 steals in 7 minutes. A really incredible performance from Jonathan Isaac, an energetic performance. We'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. But again, I'm not not—I'm not trying to bury the lead. I'm just going to stick to my cue my here. Recap, you know... Talk about the box score and then, and then something a little bit extra. Gary Clark ended up leading the Magic in scoring with 17 points, 6 for 11 shooting, 4 for 8 from beyond the arc. He scored 12 of those 17, including four three-pointers, or all four three-pointers, 4-5 uh, uh, in the quarter, in the third quarter when Orlando was, was kind of holding the Nuggets off. Um, the Magic built a 21-point lead. They let it slip away. Jamal Murray had a really strong game for the Nuggets. Uh, and... Orlando was kind of holding Denver at bay, and Gary Clark was kind of answering them shot for shot. Um, a lot of it was just great ball movement to find Clark open in the corner. That was the shot that the Nuggets wanted to give up, and and Clark made it pay. Had a couple heat checks in there, you know, semi-contested threes that he just made, and so he was really feeling it, and the Magic did a good job finding him and, and keeping him involved, um, even though he wasn't necessarily a playmaker on the team. Um, Obviously, no. Aaron Gordon, Gary Clark, and it actually ended up playing 35 minutes, which is a ton of minutes. um, You know, because Isaac was on the shelf and Gordon was also hurt, was also out with this with this muscle soreness. Um, But Clark had a really strong game. It wasn't just his offense; he played some pretty solid defense too. Got overpowered on a few occasions, fouled maybe a little excessively in some instances. He had four fouls in the game. Um, But overall, you know, Gary Clark, I I thought you know obviously leading score. Did a lot of good things. Played his role really, really well. So a really strong game for him. Also a really strong game for James Ennis. 15 points, 10 for 13. Shooting, 5 rebounds, 3 steals for Ennis. Um, the, the tone for the game was really set early on when the Magic were able to just get the ball moving. Uh, and Ennis, you know, you cut, you cut to the basket, you move without the ball, you're instantly going to have a place in my heart. That's, that's, that's my game. That's how I like to play. Ennis was doing a really good job Kind of finding holes in the defense, moving around without the ball, and and get being and presenting himself as an option, as someone that the the that the that teammates could find and, and deliver the ball to. So uh, a really again a really really nice outing uh, from James Ennis, a really nice uh, showing from him uh, to kind of get himself going and, and get the team going too. Um, so I, I really liked, obviously you know Ennis produced, he scored. Um, he made some really nice defensive plays, struggled a little bit guarding uh, Jeremy Grant, but uh, Jeremy Grant, I think, it was, it would be a tough matchup for him just because of the size difference. Um, Ennis, though, you know, after struggling a little bit with a shot and struggling to finish around the around the rim, the other two scrimmages really stepped up in this game. Again, set the tone for the game with the energy and, and kind of effort he brought he, he brought to the game. I mean, you talk about pace a lot. You know, Steve Clifford's made this point several times. Pace isn't necessarily how quickly you move up and down the floor. It isn't the number of possessions you have. It's about how quickly you move within the offense, the intensity in which you you play your offense. And an easy way to pick up pace is to have guys who are cutting hard and moving without the basketball because that necessarily speeds everything up to kind of keep the same balance that you need um, to, to, to run an offense. So really nice game from James Ennis as well. Another really nice game from Terrence Ross too. 15 points, 5 for 8 shooting, 3 for 5 from beyond the arc. Ross has had his struggles in the scrimmages. He's kind of been searching for a shot. Um you know, sometimes overshooting a little bit, um, especially with some of the lineups he was in. This game, he had a shot going and, and, and made and and made some really nice plays. Specifically, late third quarter, kind of keeping the Nuggets at bay while while the starters were still in. Kind of helped the Magic uh, stake a little bit of a lead in the fourth quarter to maintain their lead when the when the bench players started coming in. Um, Ross, overall, you know, just good to see the ball go through the basket for him. that, that that's something that the Magic absolutely need from him. Uh, other notable score DJ Augustine 13 points 5 for 9 shooting 3 for 4 from beyond the arc uh, very much the same from DJ Augustine crafty player you know doing a good job getting into the into the defense um you know hit some outside shots in you know, Orlando as a team shooting 18 for 37 from beyond the arc after struggling so much for three uh, a huge boost for the team uh, obviously a big big deal for them uh, first really first game they didn't get to the foul line but three pointers made up the difference and, and Orlando Orlando made threes Denver really you know, Denver made their threes too. Um, certainly, something the Magic have to clean up. But Orlando making their threes certainly helped buoy the offense just a hair. Nikola Vucevic struggled a little bit with 10 points, 4 for 13 shooting, seven rebounds, four assists. Um, he was playing a lot more of a facilitator role. Um, you know, uh, he took some hurried jumpers, some mid-range jumpers, but largely open shots for him. You know, I, I didn't mind his shot selection. You know, just getting the efficiency, getting rhythm, getting timing down is such a big deal for him. Um, He did a good job on Nikola Jokic for the most part. Jokic failed to score in the game. uh, Six rebounds, five assists, six turnovers for Jokic. So, you know, Jokic was able to move the ball a little bit. The Magic were uh, peeking into the paint just a hair. Their defense is probably still a little bit off. It's not quite rounded into form yet. Um, But overall, you know, overall Vucevic obviously offense is such a big part of his game. Um, you know, he, he executed, I, I personally think his defense has been pretty good. Um, he, he's executing the drop coverages at the magic run fairly well. Uh, I think his defensive positioning is good. Jamal Murray is the kind of point guard that just burns the magic because he's able to kind of step step up and hit that shot real quickly before Vucevic can kind of set his line and, and, and contest it and, and allow his point guard to recover. Um, so Vucevic dropped, you know, maybe a hair deep, but not not so deep. On this one, I've been very happy with Vucevic's defense uh, This this during these scrimmages. I, I think that bodes well for the Magic. But, you know, still you're giving up the mid-range jumper to point guards. That's kind of what the defense has given up at this point. Um, Evan Fournier, again, struggled to shoot. Just one for five shooting, four points. Seven assists for Evan. Uh, and, and I would say this, um, even though Evan Fournier is not hitting shots yet, and I hope it's yet, um, I think that he's doing a good job not forcing it. Um, you know, I think, I think one criticism for Fournier that, that a lot of fans have I know I've noticed it too. Is it, it always feels like Fournier? Sometimes feels like it's a my turn mentality, and sometimes, you know, he will get into a pick and roll and just kind of create for the sake of creating. Um, you know, get a little bit too deep in the basket make a bad rim decision, or you know, be unable, get get caught too deep and unable to pass out. He's not doing any of that. He's he's keeping the ball moving. He's he's kind of facilitating a lot more than than score- Obviously, than scoring at this point. Um, and I think that's a good sign, too. So, you know, yes, Fournier didn't deliver with the shot-making. He didn't he didn't make the baskets that he needed to do. The Magic's two best offensive players uh, did not do very much offensively in this game. Just 14 total points between Vucevic and Fournier. Um, but, uh, undoubtedly, um, it was good to see Fournier kind of find other ways to get involved. For the game, Orlando shoots 44.9% from the floor, 18 for 37 from deep, 8 for 12 from the foul line. They have 12 offensive rebounds. High turnover game with 16 total turnovers in the game, so it's definitely something the Magic need to clean up after being very good with turnovers over their first two scrimmages. Those turnovers leading to 20 Denver points. The Nuggets had their own issues with turnovers, 21 points leading to 27 Magic points, so the Magic do a good job converting off of them. Denver makes 12 of 28 three-pointers, so Orlando definitely has to improve their three-point defense. That's been a concern throughout the scrimmages. Even the Clippers were able to make threes in that first scrimmage. Lakers certainly made their fair share as well, so Orlando has to do a better job defending three-point line. That's that's an area that the Magic have slipped considerably from last year uh, is their three-point defenses? they've kind of had to cover the paint a little bit more. Denver actually shoots 53.9%, so the turnovers really do them in and hurt them in this one. Um, Orlando got significantly more shots than them, too, uh, thanks to the 12 offensive rebounds. So the Magic are able to find a way to get a win. Um, which is nice. Um, the starters, you know, I would say the starters, starting unit struggled, uh, broke even with Denver at the very least. I mean, I'm looking at the plus-minus right now. Um, Derek Clark was actually minus 12. Um, you know, the only starter that had a positive plus-minus was James Ennis. So the this Magic starter certainly still trying to find their groove and, and find their pace. And hopefully, you know, Markel Fultz jumping back in the lineup. He, he scored five points on two-for-five shooting um, with two assists in about nine minutes of play for the Magic in his first game since rejoining the team uh, in the Disney campus. Um, made some nice plays. You know, a couple of kind of wild finishes. You know, he's definitely kind of feeling feeling it out and, and and kind of over-dribbling a little bit at times. Um, but made some nice shots too. Made some good plays as well. So, you know, I, I think Foltz had a pretty solid debut. Um, you know, not not starter-ready debut, but but certainly a solid debut as, as he gets his win back and, and gets himself back into shape. Um, the Magic, again... They convert on turnovers. They convert on offensive rebounds. They get themselves a victory, a much needed victory, just a confidence boost victory. Um, but more importantly, they get their man back. And Jonathan Isaac's return, you know, like I've said throughout the show, Jonathan Isaac's return really did change a lot of things for the Magic.
0: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama.
1: When you are off for seven months, you don't know quite what to expect. You don't know if you're going to have your wind under you. You don't know if you're going to be half your legs under you. You don't know how you're going to feel out on the court. As a coach, you honestly don't know what to expect from a player when they've been off for so long, when they've been away for so long with an injury. And the scrimmage really was a perfect setting to let Jonathan Isaac get his feet wet. During the shoot around, I asked Steve Clifford, you know, what the expectation was for Isaac, what what they were hoping to to get out of it, and and he really kind of said the idea is just to let him play. It's not about, you know, trying to find the right role for him. It's not about you know fitting him into rotation. It's just about letting him get, get out there, run up and down the court and play basketball once again. It's it's really that simple in a game situation at that. It's really that simple. Uh, that that's what's important for, for him and his development at, at this point. You know, you wish you wish there was something more complex because complexity, you know, helps things make a little bit more sense or, or whatever. What no one could have expected was what Jonathan Isaac actually delivered. Because he too was just hoping to get out there and run and, and jump and do all the basketball things and not a whole lot else. What Jonathan Isaac delivered was something that was truly mesmerizing. Um, captivating not just Magic fans, but the whole NBA world for a while. Reminding him that, reminding them that he is an extremely talented player who can make an impact. The Magic took control of this game. And when Marco Fultz and Jonathan Isaac stepped onto the court, the Magic were down by one. They'd given up a, a little bit of a run to give up the lead they proceeded to score the next 11 points. Orlando would end up on a 24-2 run to take firm control of the game and a 21-point lead in total. And Jonathan Isaac had so much to do with it. I wouldn't say he was central to it, but he provided so much energy and so much of that verve that the Magic need. That it completely changed the game. Man, it felt it felt really good. You know, it's just it's really fun to be back out there. I think the biggest one of the biggest parts about just getting back out there was being with my teammates and being able to put my jersey on and, and kind of just have it come full circle with all the work that's been put in and and just the day in and day out. So to be back on the floor feels good. Um, you know, I'm glad I, I played well. My teammates were rooting were me on. Oh, it was great. And I, I mean I think that uh you know, not not just the way he played his energy level, his purpose of playing, and then obviously his shot making. Um, but, you know, I think the, the, the nicest thing uh, or the best thing is just wh- how, what a, a lift he gives the team. You saw when he came out, how happy guys were, uh, you know, in the locker room after the game. And it just was good to have him back and uh, have him on the floor. Jonathan Isaac and Steve Clifford there speaking after Monday's game. The, enter- the lift that-, that Isaac gave really felt instantaneous. Um, you know, Isaac grabbed a rebound on his first possession. Uh, on a second possession, Fultz drove through the lane, kind of circling around and missed a layup, and Isaac snuck in there, grabbed the, grabbed the rebound, got the putback and the foul. Yes, he missed the free throw. Isaac's allowed. To- Isaac needs something to get better at. But on a-, a-, a possession not so far after that, Isaac got the ball in the corner, kind of jab-stepped Nikola Jokic, and then buried a three in his face. Just, a, just rose up for a three and hit it. He'd do that again and get fouled. Uh, just a few possessions later, he'd have a, have a, do do that kind of same euro step move that he got injured with and made a layup, made another layup in transition, and he was you know seemingly off to the races. It looked like for sure that Isaac could have played a little bit longer than his seven minutes. He looked pretty good and pretty strong throughout. He would say after the game that he was indeed tired and gassed and. While he felt like he could have played in the second half if the Magic uh, would allow him, um, he was certainly happy with the minutes that he did play. Um, it's It was a, a strong, strong showing for sure. And while you, know, you don't want to attribute all of that 24-2 run to him, he scored 13 of those points, of course, um, it was a big part of it. And with every basket you could sense with Magic fans on Twitter, you could sense from the bench how much they were cheering for him. And how much they wanted him to have this moment. Because it has been a long road back.
0: I think we all seen it. Just his energy he brings on both ends of the floor. Um, I think he was very excited to get back out there just as well as everybody else. But um, he brings a lot of energy. It's hard not to play hard when he's on the floor, you know. Because on both ends, he's running the floor. He's playing defense. So he um, kind of helped me a lot, you know, just being out there with him. And just seeing his energy, he pushed me to go harder.
1: Energy, of course, has that way of being infectious, and Isaac truly provided He's provided that throughout the year. That's not to say it was not a perfect performance by any means. Isaac had two steals. He was active. You know, he certainly made a presence defensively, but he wasn't quite what he was way back when. Still a little jumpy, you know, caught out of position a few times, biting on pump face. There's still a lot of timing that Isaac has to get down. So it was a, it was a fantastic and strong performance, and one that, again, had been a long time coming. It was not particularly clear whether Isaac would be able to play um, when he announced, it, when he said in an interview in June or, or early July, that the plan was for him to enter the campus setting. It certainly felt like the door was open, and the Magic never closed the door on his return. The story, it seems, was that when the when the Amway Center reopened, when it was beginning to get clear that the NBA was going to try and come back, the training staff, the medical staff, went to Isaac and said, "Do you want to try and come back?" And of course, the answer was yes. And so they devised a plan, they set up a plan to try and get him back. And they, they told him, and, and he understood, that there was no guarantee that he could be back. He'd obviously done rehab on his own, following the Magic's guidelines, the Magic's uh, plan uh, from home, but now they were beginning to reintegrate basketball activities with him. That included doing two-a-day practices in those early days, and Steve Clifford attributed much of Isaac's success and much of Isaac being able to come back to the fact that Isaac stayed in Orlando. He was able to get into the gym and be in the gym twice a day, uh, during, you know, while the gym was open and the team, and the league was still kind of quarantining and, and and kind of staying stay and staying dormant. Even then, it, it probably didn't seem a hundred percent certain that Isaac would play as the team entered the Disney campus. But it was very clear he was beginning to clear those benchmarks, playing, you know, contact three on three, playing five on five, play, you know, getting through practice each day and getting better each day until finally he was cleared on Monday again a long journey since January 1st nearly a uh, nearly 8 months since Isaac had last played a game and obviously it's to the magic's benefit we've we've talked a lot on this show about how much Isaac truly does and can change this team that's not to say Isaac is out of the woods yet. He's obviously still wearing that big brace. He said it's a little bit uncomfortable. It's, you know, he's he's eager to get it. Seemed like from, from talking about it, he was eager to get it off, but the doctors say to keep wearing it. And he and the Magic staff are still going to listen to the doctors. Uh, Steve Clifford was asked after the game on Monday that whether, you know, whether he can map out a role for Jonathan Isaac, and, and Clifford said this about Mark Alfred's too. You know, at this point, and this is for everyone. I'm listening to the advice from our, our training staff and our medical team, uh, trying to understand what load they can handle. What, you know what they're capable of doing, uh, and making decisions from there. How they're feeling and making decisions from there. Um, it's going to be another. It's going to be day by day with Jonathan Isaac. If if he has you know maybe not a setback, but if he's feeling any soreness, they're going to keep him out. Um, his minutes are going to have to ramp up kind of slowly, so he might be limited to those six minute bursts. But it's pretty clear. What kind of impact Isaac can make in seven minutes? It's pretty clear that he does have a true energy effect on this team. And it's pretty clear that the Magic are a significantly better and dangerous team with Jonathan Isaac on the floor. He really did change the energy and tenor of this game. And the Magic suddenly have a lot to be excited and to look forward to in addition to Friday's opening game. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, search your tune in Himway, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr__mb. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at Oh, Magic Daily. That's going to do it for, for me today. Though I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossenrake. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.
0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.